Welcome to today's episode of the What's in the Words podcast. My name is AJ. And I'm Steve Canal. What's up? And uh, today we have a book that is highly relevant to what is going on in the world. Uh, and it's a snapshot into the America that we see today, um, into the, the roots of how we got here. Steve, you want to introduce today's book? Absolutely. Today's book will be covering the warmth of other sons. The Epic Story of America's Great Migration by Isabel Wilkerson. Um, so let's talk about the Great Migration. Um, this story is not a African-American story. This is an American story. Uh, but this book in particular talks about um, African-Americans leaving the southern states and migrating up north, which is the same thing that any other population in any other country had to do when there was a population that was being mistreated. I'll use that word to cover the multitude of other words. But anytime there is a huge population of people being mistreated, whether by the government, whether it was apartheid, whether it was, you know, any type of mistreatment, they always migrate to different lands. So, you know, what we have here is African-Americans that escape from one part of America to another part of America. So three stories in particular that she covers. So Steve, this book is a reflection of how we got to the America that we are in today uh, and dealing with racism uh, and dealing with um, white fragility. Um, I know that's a, a buzzword that's come up a lot, but it's, it's when white people in the South were mistreating um, our ancestors, they had to migrate to different parts of the country to find a better lives for themselves, which is exactly what other cultures have had to do throughout history. So this is not a Black um, or an African-American story. This is an American story. Um, what's your overview, Steve? I love how you say this is an American story, but it's funny when I try to recall, you know, some of the migration uh, historical um, stories that we learned in school, somehow this was left out. You know, um, mm -hmm. we learned about the gold rush. We learned about the Dust Bowl migration. Yes. But somewhere along the lines, you know, our teachers forgot to mention the 6 million people that left the Jim Crow South during 1915 and 1975. And we may say, you know, ancestors and people think like, oh, this was 300 years ago. Nah, bro. This is <laughs> this is like I was in the like, 70s, bro. At at the end at the end of what they classify it, I was born five years later. You know what I'm saying? So I was born in 72. And and I just want to jump in real quick because my grandmother, um, my grandmother and my aunt Eva May, um, they were the two oldest of 10, right? When my grandmother passed away, um, my her father made her and her sister drop out of school. So this is how recent this is. Um, my grandmother and my Aunt Eva May raised their eight other siblings. They all went to Southern University. And when they left Southern University, they all went north. Chicago, Milwaukee, Illinois, Los Angeles, Colorado, like all of her siblings left to get away from the South. And because my grandmother wasn't educated, she had to stay in the South. Uh, and she worked as a, um, you know, she worked as a janitor in school, but on the weekends she still cleaned houses and she did work that was still considered by a lot of, by her siblings after they were educated, they still kind of looked down at her as doing slave work. This is 1970. I mean, this is the seventies and eighties, bruh. Right. <laughs> People still leave it. 
So it's, it's recent. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it, it is. And when we talk about migration, it's, it's, it wasn't them picking up and taking a nice journey across the country and checking out the views and making stops. Like they had to summon the courage and risk their lives to drive cross country. When, you know, recently there was a, a movie that came out called The Green Book. And what people don't realize is Black people couldn't just stop in, at any hotel. They couldn't just stop, right? Like there was a green book that lists places where we can frequent in those towns. And most of the times you were driving 10, 12 hours before you could even stop. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't an easy drive to relocate. In addition to driving through some of these, these, these states and towns that were just, you know, didn't want to, you know, wanted to do you harm or didn't want to see you succeed. So, you know, getting up and, and driving, you know, across or, you know, hopping on a train, you know, to, to go to LA or New York and Chicago, Milwaukee, Detroit, Philly, and all these other places. You know, it's funny when I moved to Chicago, how many people from Chicago, you know, they, their roots are in Mississippi. And Louisiana, yep. In Louisiana, and, and you mm -hmm. talk to people, and, and it's crazy because a lot of the style, a lot of the music, a lot of the, you know, culture comes from the South that migrated to the North, which got us to where we are today when you think about all the amazing talent and music that we we're blessed to appreciate. Think about Barry Gordy mm -hmm. and Diana Ross and Aretha Franklin, even the, the Jackson family. You know, they all migrated from the South to the North and gave us all this amazing music. Would we have gotten that if their family stayed in the South, you know? Um, and we were talking earlier and I was talking about how like, you know, it was definitely a caste system. Mm -hmm. You know, a caste system that didn't allow Blacks and, and Whites and, and other races to get to know each other. You know, everyone was, it was a rigid place. You know, the Jim Crow South segregated facilities to the max where as deep as having white and black Bibles in courtrooms, it was illegal to play checkers together. Mm -hmm. You know, like think about that. You go to court and there was a white Bible and a black Bible. <laughs> How crazy is that? This is right. Like, just just the same the, words <laughs> the same <laughs> same words in each one of them they were talking about cases that didn't happen because they couldn't find the black bible mm -hmm. um so when they talk about the great migration and having to drive across the country like and what they had to go through and and what came of it what came from it um it's amazing that this isn't taught in schools you know, and I'm not surprised, you know, like what else from, you know, African-American perspective, historical, that's in our history classes. So this book is important. I'm so happy that it, you know, it took her about 15, 16 years to make, you know, through all our research and everything. But Isabel definitely left us with a classic. She did an amazing job. And, and you know, a lot of this growing up in the South, it hits home because, there's a thing, and I think we talked about this in one of the other books, but there's a thing in the South, um, it's called Sundown Towns. Mm. Um, and I think we, you and I may have had an offline conversation. Yeah, we did. We definitely yeah. did. <clears throat> but in, for those who are uninformed, in Sundown Towns, what that means is 
as a person of color, you don't want to be caught in that town when the sun goes down. Um, because um, at one point in time, it was okay, wink, wink, okay, to kill Black people for, for whatever the reason was. And in this book, she talks about it at one point where people actually fought for the ability to lynch Black people who were out of line. Think about that. They fought for the ability to be able to lynch a person that could be out of line. And let me explain what out of line means. So if you pump gas and you were traveling during the migration and you got to a gas station and there were white people there, um, it could be on a Sunday afternoon where you know families go fill up for the week. If there were white families there, you had to wait until every white family not only pumped their gas, but got in their car and left before you could pump your gas. And if you're pumping your gas, they would stop you in the middle of pumping your gas so you could be a quarter of the way full and they would make you stop and let the white person fill up again and pump your gas. Now, there's this one instance where she talks about in particular um, where a family said, hey, um, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and leave. So the gas station owner says, no, you're not, pulls out a gun, forces them to wait to finish pumping their gas because they wanted their money. Think about that. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, we talk about migration. It's not a migration where every migration historically has had its challenges, right? But I don't think the challenge was being killed at any given moment because you look, you can be identified by the way that you look. Now, I'm not, that's not historically accurate probably, um, but think about it. As a black person, you can't hide behind your skin. If you're migrating and you're Irish or Russian or you know one of the other um, ethnic groups, um, the chances of you blending in are a lot higher. But as black people, you were migrating to the North to escape Jim Crow. But then when you got to the North, they still did not want you to participate. So you talk about the um, segregation in communities and you talk about the property value going down. Property value didn't go down because black people moved into the neighborhoods. Property value went down because white people took all the resources wherever black people went. They felt like if you're going to live here, you have to start from scratch and do it on your own. Oh, and by the way, when they did start from scratch and build it on their own, white people will come in and take um, pillage and even burn down after black people built up on their own. So this is a migration unlike any other civilization or culture. I think civilization is a stretch, but any other culture because of all those different obstacles. So if you're thinking about, um, you know, you want to learn a little bit more, this is a part of history, Steve, I think. Um, we can assume that it was intentionally left out because there is no trace of it. I, I heard nothing about this growing up in the South, especially. And that's pretty consistent <laughs> with yeah. how things go. Um, but I, I want to uh, take the time to just talk, um, you know, just mentally what it took to, to, to do what, you know, what people had to go through during the Great Migration mm -hmm. and kind of relate to today. Um, you know, there's a lot of stress that's put on us as human beings, as individuals, um, and having to overcome and overpower that to um, put yourself in a position to continue just living and understand that there are brighter days and, and there's a reason why you're going through certain things to come out the other end and, and be stronger. Um, you know, they talked about 
and I, I want to make sure I, I talk about this piece as well. They, they talked about, you know, those who migrated and those who stayed mm-hmm. and the mentality between the two and the importance of the two and how characteristics come from it, how my, uh, those who migrated um, are less patient with status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, you kind of sense that in today's environment with, with some of the, the things that we're asked to do. Um, they're risk takers and they come up with new art forms from the migration, you know, and that's when I talked about Barry Gordy and Diana Ross and those who come up out of the migration. And then you have those who stayed from a mentality are more connected to the land. So they're, they're connected to the South, right? They, they feel like this is home. This mm-hmm. is who I am and nobody's going to run me out. And then, you know, from that, you, you have the original culture uh, wherever you come from. So there are people who migrated from other countries, other locations. Um, but that's where the story lies, you know. Without that, we can lose what the story is and the connection to. So it's important to have both. So nobody was right and wrong in staying or leaving, but it was important to grasp the importance of both so you know with today with all the stress that we're dealing with um i always tell people there's no right or wrong how you react to this pandemic there are those who want to work harder and do more because you're home and you get to take advantage of this opportunity and there are those who want to take this time to connect more with family and stay rooted you know with home and, and and continue to build that story of home and relax and and take this time off and you're right as well you know, and I kind of liken the two mindsets to both as one that wants to be adventurous and creative and more is going to come out of it. Think about all the platforms that derived from the last uh, recession that we had in the country. You know, a lot of amazing businesses came out of it. So it's okay. You know, just, just take a deep breath um, and continue to do what's right for your soul um, to move forward uh, and take in the moment. Yo, that was beautiful, bro, for real. Um, and, and again, I think that it is, you know, the story of both stories are right. Uh, right. There, there's value in both stories. Uh, and, and bro, you summed it up perfectly. So, um, so you think um, everybody should grab this book, bro? <laughs> Absolutely, 100%, definitely. Cause you, you know, our kids and us, you know, we, we weren't fortunate to, and they're not gonna be fortunate for our kids to learn this in school. So it's important to read a part of our American history um, and understand the, the beauty that came up out of it in addition to the struggles that people had to deal with to come up out of it. Um, so yeah, I think it's an important piece in a book that should definitely be in your bookshelf or audio, audio bookshelf. Absolutely, so head on over to audible.com, head over to Amazon, uh, wherever you purchase your books, go ahead and get it. Steve, would you say the name one more time before we get out of here? Absolutely. Make sure that you download the book, The Warmth of Other Sons, The Epic Story of America's Great Migration by Isabel Wilkerson. All right. So, Steve, how can everybody find you? You can reach me on my website, stevecanal.com, or on social media. You can hit me up at Steve Canal. All right. And you can find me on Instagram at AJ Joyner. That's A-J-J-O-I-N-E-R. If you are writing and you want to publish it into a book, go to ajsfreebook.com, get your free copy shipped to your door. Um, Steve, you have anything else? No, that's it. Definitely tap in. um, And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Peace. All right, peace.